0: I want to start with a question. It was a question which bothered me for many years until Baruch Hashem I found an answer. But before I share the answer, I want you to enjoy thinking about the question too. We know that the Ten Debris, the Ten Commandments, are written on the luchas. Not written on the Luchus, they were inscribed on the Luchus. The luchus are made of stone, and the words of the debris were etched into the luchus. Etched so deeply into the luchus that they cut the whole way through the stone. And they cut through the stone, Now you could see through the loch. If you would be seeing the luchas, you would see the, the open space, so to speak, where the letters had been engraved. And how do we know that? Because the Gemara tells us that the letter Samakh and the letter Mem on the Luchas were miraculous. Why? Because if you're going to engrave a letter Samach, it's a full circle. If you're going to engrave a final name, it's a full square. And if that's the case, the little piece in the middle. How's that going to stand? What's going to hold it in place if you've etched out the whole stone around it? And the Gemara addresses this point, and the Gemara says, they were owned in Benes. The Gemara says, they stood there miraculously. So the nature of the Luchus was tablets of stone with the letters which made up the words of the Ten Commandments etched the whole way through the stone. Mizeo or Ksobim, they were cut out the whole way through. That we know. We learned from the Pasuk, it was the words were chorus engraved in this Lochus. Now here's the question. We also know We're going to read about it in Basha's Ketisa, that when Moshe comes down from Harsinai and he's carrying the luchus and Moshe makes his way to the Jewish camp and he sees the terrible tragedy of the Jewish people dancing around the Egel Azov. Moshe smashes the luchus. But why did he smash the luchus? You can ask more. How was he allowed to smash the luchas? And Chazal tell us that Moshe saw Osios He saw the letters flying away. And we realized that Hashem is withdrawing the Torah from the luchas. And he was left with tablets of stone as he could smash. And I want to ask you a question. And the question is if the letters was just an empty space in the stone then what does it mean what flew away what left there wasn't something which was the letter there was the space in the stone which was the letter how could that fly away what are Chazal trying to say that's the question And now, having shared that with you, let's, look, let's talk about the Pasha. We know famously that Ta'i Israel were offered the terror. Hashem told us, You've seen what I've done to you Mitzrayim. trying. We've seen how have treated you and brought you an eagle's wings and brought you close to the time sinai. and I'm offering you a covenant Im you have the chance to listen to my voice and not only that you have the chance to get tremendous reward you're going to be the treasure you'll get rid of my boy as well that was the offer that Hashem makes to the Yisrael and Klai Yisrael's response we know and what's the meaning of Naseh We will do Vanishma, we will hear. Many, many perishim have been written. Many, many explanations have been offered. What I want to share with you tonight is an explanation of and Nishma given to us by none other than David HaMelech himself. There's a pasuk in Tehillim where David HaMelech explains Naisman And it's a pasuk, it's a principle which can teach us a tremendous depth in understanding Torah. So let's look at the pasuk and Tehillim. it's in Parak Mem, chapter 40. And let's see David HaMelech's own explanation of Naisman And the pasuk is like this. Zevach gominchah, loycha fatsta. Hashem, at harsinai, you didn't ask me for sacrifices. Instead, oznaim karieli. You opened my ears. Loshon karieli is like when a person kiychar yishpar. When a person opens a pit, you didn't want. You didn't ask for korbanos. Ba harsinai. Was Naim Khorisali. You, so to speak, opened up my ears. And when you did that, Oz Then I said, Hine Bossi, I have come. I'm willing to make the covenant with you. The Torah itself, so to speak, is evidence. The Torah itself confirms that Clarice Yisrael came. So what did Klal say? What we said, To do Your will Hashem is what I wanted. To do Your will Hashem that's what I wanted. And your teres should be in my mayim The meayim are the intestines. The meayim are the digestive system. That's what we said. We said to Hashem, we want to do your will. And your Torah should be in my mind. An obvious question. What's the Torah doing there? You want to say, the Torah is in my heart. You want to say, the Torah is in my mind. I understand. But May I? the Torah should be in my stomach. And that's what Ka'i Shol Hashem, what we're trying to say. Why was that the example of what the Torah is meant to be? Of where the Torah is meant to be? And the answer is, and we see a tremendous principle over here. There's a concept of serving Hashem. Mutech Ava from love. A person is a to love Hashem, a person can serve Hashem from love. What's going to be a way which we call a way of serving Hashem from love? To put that in different words, a person can do something because he's compelled to do it, he's forced to, he's afraid not to. Those are all expressions of you A person can do something because he's want what he wants to, he's motivated to. Those are expressions of other. So what factors are there that are going to cause a person to be motivated to do? They're gonna cause them to want to do. What we call dimensions of acting with an They explain to us that there are three. There are three different reasons why a person would be motivated to do something. Why it would be called like the third mitzvah The first one, that's maybe the most basic one, is because a person enjoys it. A person eats because they enjoy the taste of food. A person sleeps because they enjoy the sensation of sleeping. The first motivating factor that there is that a person is going to do something because they want to do it, they enjoy it. The la the, the, the word used by the Baal HaMakhshava for that form of motivation, so to speak, the pursuit of pleasure, the enjoyment which comes with it, is what they call Arav. Arav, it's sweet. Arav, it's enjoyable. The second... Motivating factor that a person could have to want to do something is what we call moil. Moil means it's good for me, it's worthwhile. The second factor that a person has to want to do something is because he's going to gain from doing it. The long term result is, makes, it, makes it something which it's to his interests, in his interests to do. A person, let's say, would go to work. Not necessarily because they enjoy working but because they want a the salary at the end of the month. A person will do something not because necessarily it's pleasurable right now but there's something I'm going to gain from doing it in the long term. So a person will do it, he wants to do it. Not because it's necessarily an activity they enjoy but because the result is worthwhile. People will lose weight, people will exercise or whatever else is going to be and often the fact that pushing them to do that is the model, is the result of what I'm going to gain from what I'm doing not necessarily the enjoyment in the action itself. That's the second motivating factor and the third, the third motivating factor is what we call the Tov. Tov means good and when Tov motivates a person, it comes from a place of a person wants to do things which are good Because a person wants to feel I'm a good person. There's an inner drive in each person to see themselves as a good person. How a good person is defined might change from person to person, but it's part of the nature of a person I see myself as being good. And therefore doing something which is going to confirm, which is going to strengthen that perception, which is going to assure me that I am a good person, that's a motivating factor as well. Each one, on its own, could be a good reason for somebody to do something. People do things which are pleasurable for no other reason. People do things which are worthwhile because they want the results. People do things which make them feel that they're good, even if it's not going to be for some other uh, some other purpose, for some other reward. Each of these would be a factor of ava. Which means, would be a factor which is a motivating factor to do something. Except, when we have one or even two of these factors, but not the third. So even though there's reason to do it, but a person's enjoyment is not complete. A person doesn't feel that it's something that they totally enjoy. We'll say in different words, it's not believed shalem it's not with the whole heart because there's a certain factor which isn't being fulfilled there's a certain element which is missing so for example a person might get up to work because he wants the money but they don't enjoy it so it's not something a person gets up to do with all his enthusiasm with his whole with his whole motivation with his whole interest because there's a factor which which advocates for doing it, which I'm listening to, I will do it. But it's also not so good It's also not enjoyable. So there's something against it. And therefore, a person does, but doesn't do wholeheartedly. Could be other hand as well. Lapian used to tell his Talmudim and his yeshivim and He used to say, I can't guarantee that everybody who listens to my mussel is going to be a tzaddik. But I can guarantee. Anybody who listens to my Mishra Shmurzen will never enjoy being a Russian. Why? Because if a person, even if they do things which they enjoy, but if the things they enjoy are bad, and they have a guilty conscience, it doesn't feel tough. It doesn't feel that they're doing a good thing, that they're being good by what they do, then they're not going to enjoy it. There's something missing. There's an element of, I feel guilty that I'm doing something bad. And even if I enjoy the bad thing, but that feeling takes away from my ability to enjoy what I'm doing. That's the usage. Any one of these things is a motivating factor and will cause people to do things, but not wholeheartedly. In order to do something, in order to do something with a full heart, What I need is it's going to be Tov and it's going to be Arev and it's going to be Moel. All three. It's going to be something I enjoy and it's worthwhile and I feel good that I'm doing it. Then I have all the factors together and something I'm going to do with complete interest, with complete connection. That's the principle of what we call ava, of motivation. The Vilnagon gives a way to remember this. The three kinds of motivating factors that there are, Toiv, Arev, mo'il. If you take the first letters, the Rashi Tevis, it gives us the word Time. Time, the taste in something, comes from the connection of all these three things. And the more they're all present, the more sweet the taste will be. That's the... Introduction Now, let's take this a step further If a person can involve more of these aspects in what they do then it means the person will enjoy it more If I can see meaning in the pleasure I'm looking for then it's not just a question of enjoying something it's also a question of it's worthwhile for me if it makes me feel that I'm doing a good thing about what I'm doing so then it adds an element of Tov too and these three elements exist in a person nothing to do with Yiddish and not even through Torah it's the nature of the human being even a person who isn't Jewish wasn't Machabal Torah but if they feel that doing somebody else a kindness giving charity whatever it's going to be makes them feel like a good person so then, there's a reason for them to do it. They want that feeling, I'm a good person. Even if they're not, not doing it for a reward or for any other reason. Those are the, say, the factors which motivate the person. Which drive him to do things. Now, when it comes to Ava Sashem. we we'll have then, we want to involve all these three aspects in our way Because then, it's B'khal levavcha. Then, we're serving Hashem with our whole heart. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu offers us the Torah. And HaKadosh says, Yisrael, I'm giving you an opportunity to keep my Torah. And to be rewarded by being the Amskola the chosen nation, the treasure, to be given later above. Klai Yishol, what do you say? What did Klai Yishol say? Of course we're going to take such a gift. But what's Hashem offered us? He's offered us the toive. He's offered us the good. Listening to Hashem, that's what's good. So of course, whatever Hashem wants us to do, if you're going to obey Hashem, we'll feel good with doing the right thing. A person who withstands temptation, a person who works hard to do mitzvah, he gets a feeling of tov, I'm doing the right thing. He's offered us the mo'il. He's offered us the benefits, the results. It's not just you'll feel good about what you're doing at your right. You're also going to get tremendous reward for this. So two of the factors we have already And now we'll go back to the false container. This is how David explains What Clarence Charles said When we heard When we heard in sin, before Harsinai When our qadish offered us the to Torah, He offered us To accept the terror And our response Naseh. The first part Naaseh We will do And how does David Amalekh explain Naaseh? Naaseh means To do what you want That's my will Hashem I want to do what you want Naaseh And why isn't Naaseh enough? And the answer is Because based on what Klai her heard That this is what Hashem wants And you're going to get rewarded we have the toive, we have the moyal, but there's something missing. And that is the arif? The enjoyments in what we do. It's not just because it's good. It's not just because we'll be rewarded. We want to enjoy doing it as well. We want to enjoy doing it as well. And that's what we told Hashem. To do, We 100% we committed. That's what we want. We want to do what you want, Hashem. Nice. But we need something else also. Your terror should be Should be in my digestive system. What's it doing there? The answer is these three kinds of hanok relate to three parts of the body. We know in machshava a person. Has different stages within them. They have the part of them which relates to their body, which is deals with the body, which is affected by what the body wants, which enjoys things which the body appreciates. So we call the nefesh. It's the lower part of the body. Then we have that part of a person which relates to the person's ruh. We talk the person's identity, their personality, their self-description, and that's in more interested in how a person sees himself, how a person values himself, and there's not so much involved in physical wants of the body there it's more the person's, so to speak, concept of themselves. that's the second point, that's what we call the per- a person's ruach which means really the system of the heart and the lungs the reason we call it the ruach, we always explain is because it's that kayak through which a person speaks the current concept of speech isn't to express physical feeling animals can do that too the concept of speech is to a person to de- express himself himself his uniqueness his identity his understanding his opinion and therefore the ruh is the expression of individuality that's the second step and then there's the third step which is the person's mind the person's ability to think and to understand and to rationalize and to make decisions And to work things out. That's what we call the mo'ach. Of a person. And now. If we look at these three sources of motivation. That we spoke about. We'll see that they line up with these three areas very well. The first one. What's enjoyable. What's pleasurable. That relates to the chelek. Which relates to the person's body. That's where the factor of pleasure. Of enjoyment. Makes a difference. The second one. And that is, that a person wants to feel good. They want to identify as a good person. That speaks to the person's sense of identity. The person's self-concept. And the third one. That area of the person, which can work out what's good for them, can plan what's to their advantage, that speaks to the person's mind. The level of moil of what's good for me, is really the satisfaction of the mind. The level of tzoyv, of I feel that I'm a good person, that speaks to my life. It speaks to my identity. And the level of, or of enjoyable, that's what interests my body. The three levels in the person, each one has its motivating factor. And that's why, as we said before, if you want a person to be completely connected to something, it needs to involve all three. Okay? Let's go back to what we said before. I want to keep your Torah, but this what we still need is that the Torah should be in the Me'ah. The Me'ah is the area in the person which responds to Hanah, which responds to enjoyment, which responds to the Orev. I need that area too. I need the Torah should be in the Where do we see this concept? For example, when we talk about a person who's eating, where does the pleasure for eating come in? So the Gemara calls it hanas meiv, the enjoyment of meayim, of the digestive system. That's where a person enjoys eating. Similarly, there's the a video that says before a person davens that she yikonsu divrei Torah naseich he should davens should he yikonsu achila b'shtila naseich Before a person davens that Torah should go into mayof, me- into his digestive system. Into his stomach. He should down his food and drink. down good. It's the concept of the physical enjoyment of something. And say, Klai Shall to Hashem. Klai shal say to Hashem, I was b'kabal. I want to do your rotsa, Hashem. But I see it in the terms of, t- arev, of Toiv. I see it in the terms of moel. I see that it's something which is a good thing to do. And it's worthwhile for me. But I still want to hear something more. I still want to hear why it's Betoich may, I, why it's going to be something I enjoy, why it's going to be something why I appreciate the action itself, not just the results. Because I want to mekabal the Torah, B'Lev Shalem. And to be B'Lev Shalem, it has to involve all three. And now the point we need to understand is why is that idea of being mekabal the Torah, B'Toch an explanation of the word v'nishma. We will hear. Why is that the way? the Why is that the way the Torah is going to go? And the Torah is going to go so far that it goes into my body deeply enough. That it's something I'm going to enjoy. And we see that's the case. It's meant to be like that. There's a famous Avnei That The Avnei writes, if a person enjoys his learning, it's not a lack of nishma. It's the other way around. A person enjoys his learning, that's the way to learn. And not only is that the way to learn, that's what makes the learning something which is done belayed shalom. Because now it's not just because it's good. And it's not just because it's worthwhile, it's because it's enjoyable too. And it's a step more than that. There's a rival. The rivet talks about, in the Sefer Bale and the rivet talks about there were those people who felt that in order to serve Hashem, they want to overcome. They tithe for eating. And therefore, they would eat food they didn't enjoy. They found off-putting. And the raivet said, that's not the right thing to do. Why? He explains and this is a, a very interesting idea. That the driver teaches us. He says, something a, body, a person's body doesn't like, it won't absorb. It won't digest. If a person rejects something, so his body is not going to be able to take nutrients from it. It's only a person, something a person enjoys, connects to, and his body can benefit from it. And therefore, to eat food which you put off by, which you repelled by, it has no nutritional value upon to it. So what should a person do? A person who wants to overcome his taba for eating, Revit explains. He says what a person should do is he should eat foods he enjoys. That way he'll also get the benefit of the food. But, while he's still eating, he should stop. He was famous in his timeless arrived. Stop in the middle. Don't continue. Then I've stopped eating to show that I want to have mastery over the desire to eat. And it's much, much harder. That's the concept. What a person enjoys, they connect to. What a person doesn't enjoy, they don't connect to. And something applies here. A person can do something because it's worthwhile for them. But it's the level that how much I enjoy it is how much I connect to it. And that's why, if we're talking about wanting to connect to Torah, it has to be something we enjoy. That's why throughout Tanakh, the metaphor used for learning Torah is always food. Which is tasty. It's dvash v'cholo It's milk and honey under your tongue. It's hevionial besa It's like the cellar of the wine. It's mitvash It's sweeter than honey. The description given for Torah is always the sweetness. But it's the physical enjoyment. It's the physical enjoyment that the person gets. Because that's the last aspect it's not just that it's good and it's worthwhile it's also enjoyable. Ahavastur avaster has to be made up of Ahavashlema of a full love and it has to comprise all three. And now we come to the new side. And the question is how does a person connect to avaster How does a person get that love for learning? That enjoyment, that the aura that it's sweet, that it's enjoyable. Listen to a Targum Yenison. A Targum which is also going to answer the question we asked before about the lochus. I'll read it in the Aramaic and translate it for the teacher is such a powerful principle. And the target Yenison writes like this. On Aserah Debris he says, When Hashem spoke to Qal Yisrael, He tells us Aserah Debris, Says the Targum Yenison, And I'm reading. Debra Kadmo, the first of the Debris. When it left the mouth of Hashem. It left, like flashes of lightning in the sky. And like words of, torches of fire. The words of Hashem. So to speak, emerge from Hashem's mouth as letters of fire. and it was emblazoned across the sky as Hashim spoke. And they saw the words Hashim said in letters of fire in the sky. When the Apostle says, they saw the sounds, it means literally. They saw the words, there were letters of fire burning in the heaven on top of them. And then, as letters of fire came down and and rested in the Jewish camp. And then those letters of fire went into the loach, which Moshe was holding, which was in Moshe's hands, was holding the tablets. And those letters of fire focused on the tablets and bored their way into the stone. They made their way straight through. They managed to engrave themselves the whole way through the stone. That's what caused. Like the Tarakim that explains, that's what caused the engraving in the stone. It was the words Hashem said, the fire of the letters which came out of his mouth, they were the ones that bored themselves into the stone, that engraved the Debris on the Luchas of Hashem. If yeah, that's the case, then now, if you would look at the Luchas, you weren't looking at hollow spaces of the letters in the rock. It's true, this verse was hollow. But there was a fire burning there. The letters of fire which came out of Hashem's mouth, they remained burning inside the loach. You saw anoychi Hashem of letters of fire inside, so to speak, inside the stencil that they had dug into the rock, that they had engraved into the rock. It's the first in the passage. Hashem said, My words are like words of fire. And that's like a hammer which can break its way into the rock. That's what Israel saw. And therefore, if we're going to ask, when it came to the Chaitzah and the letters flew away, what were those letters? It was those letters of fire, which had been burning inside the Luchos. They left. And as left was stone. But now let's take this a little bit deeper, and that is it was a tremendousness to see Hashem's words fashioning themselves into letters of fire, seeing those letters now penetrate into the Luch. Why was Hashem showing us thisness? And the answer is, like the, 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 the Targum medicine said, in the middle. The they came into the Jewish camp too Those letters descended on the Jewish people And the same effect That those letters had On the luach That they engraved themselves into the luach They had the same effect on cloud Yisrael You know there's a which says Write the Torah on the tablets of your heart And not just write the Torah Engrave the Torah that same fire which was able to engrave itself into the stone Luchas, that same fire engraved itself into the hearts of Kla Yisrael. And when the words of Hashem created that fire in the hearts of Kla Yisrael, then like the apostles in Sheah Shirim, put me like a steel on your heart. Why? It's flames, are so to speak, flickering fire, and that creates the ava. Many waters, ava, can't extinguish that love. What made the love for Torah, what made the ava for enjoying the Torah, that came from the words of Hashem. That came from the fire we felt in Matan Torah. That inspired us to have that fire in our hearts for Torah too. That's the third element. That the Torah should be aref. And that's what Klai Shal say to Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch You've told us that the Torah is Torah. You've told us that the Torah is mild. It's good and it's worthwhile. And we accept it. But I need something else also. I need the venishma I need to be able to hear you speak, because the fire of your words is going to make it orev. It's going to give me the last khalik. It's going to make the Torah It's going to put the Torah deep enough into me that that's what I'm going to enjoy. And that's what we said. (laughs) Oznaim korisali. Bahmatin Torah, Hashem, you have to open up my ears. Just like Hashem used the words of fire, so to speak, to engrave themselves in the stone Hashem used those words of fire to open up the ears of Klai Yisrael that the words of Torah will go into their hearts. And if that's the case, then the Torah is going to be B'Seich Ma'ai. V'nishma, when we hear you speak, we'll have the Orev too. V'nishma, when we hear your words, that's going to ignite us to love the Torah as well. And as long as Klai Yisrael keep those words of Torah in their hearts, keep that fire, then there's also the Orev. There's also the love, there's also the connection. That was Latin there. That's the lesson faster there also. Just like there now, we also know that the Torah is Torah. Ain't Torah, there's nothing better. There's nothing more worthwhile to do. And just like then as now, we know that the Torah is male. There's no greater reward. But what we need, in order that the Torah should be what we need in order that the Torah should be something which we make with a full ava, wholeheartedly. And we ask that every day. And we say, Make the Torah sweet. Make it something which we enjoy. And we have all three things together the words of Torah, which you put into our mouths, make it have that same effect that we feel the fire, that we feel the closeness, that we feel the warmth, then it will be sweet. And then when we have all three things together, then we have a full opinion, a full connection to Torah. Then we'll have all the fachalokim which make our Torah completely, which make it something which we do with our full Ava the full connection and then to continue that same understanding of connection to Torah that Klaesha was to when they said Nasser